Chapter Six of the Bluebird for Children. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Bluebird for Children by Georges Leblanc, translated by Alexander Teixeira de Mons. Chapter Six in the Temple of Light. Tiltiot had enjoyed himself thoroughly in the kingdom of the future. He had seen many wonderful things and thousands of little playfellows, and then, without taking the least pains or trouble, had found the bluebird in his arms in the most magical way. He had never pictured anything more beautiful, more blue or brilliant, and he still felt it fluttering against his heart and kept hugging his arms to his breast as though the bluebird were there. Alas, it had vanished like a dream. He was thinking sadly of this latest disappointment as he walked hand in hand with Light. They were back in the temple and were going to the vaults where the animals and things had been shut up. What a sight met their eyes! The wretches had eaten and drunk such a lot that they were lying on the floor quite tipsy. Tilo himself had lost all his dignity. He had rolled under the table and was snoring like a porpoise. His instinct remained, and the sound of the door made him prick up his ears. He opened one eye, but his sight was troubled by all that he had had a drink, and he did not know his little master when he saw him. He dragged himself to his feet with a great effort, turned round several times, and then dropped on the floor again with a grunt of satisfaction. Bread and the others were as bad, and the only exception was the cat, who was sitting up prettily on a marble and gold bench and seemed in full possession of her senses. She sprang nimbly to the ground and stepped up to Tiltil with a smile. I have been longing to see you, she said, for I have been very unhappy among all these vulgar people. They first drank all the wine and then started shouting and singing and dancing, quarreling and fighting and making such a noise that I was very glad when at last I fell into a tipsy sleep. The children praised her warmly for her good behavior. As a matter of fact, there was no great merit in this, for she could not stand anything stronger than milk. But we are seldom rewarded when by right we ought to be, and sometimes are, when we have not deserved it. After fondly kissing the children, Tilly asked a favor of light. I've had such a wretch time, she whined. Let me go out for a while. It would do me good to be alone. Light gave her consent without suspecting anything and the cat at once draped her cloak round her with a head straight pulled up her soft gray boots over her knees opened the door and ran and bounded out into the forest we shall know a little later where treacherous tillit was going so gaily and what was the horrid plot which was mysteriously concocted as on the other days the children had their dinner with light in a large room all encrusted with diamonds the servants bustled around them, smiling, and brought delicious dishes and cakes. After dinner, our little friends began to yawn. They felt sleepy very early after all their adventures. And Light, ever kind and thoughtful, made them live as they were accustomed to on earth. So as not to injure their health by ordering their habits, she had set up their little beds in a part of the temple where the darkness would seem like night to them. They went through any number of rooms to reach their bedroom. They had first to pass all the lights known to men and then those which men did not yet know. There were great sumptuous apartments in splendid marble, lit up by rays so wide and strong that the children were quite dazzled. 
That is the light of the reach," said Light to Tiltil. "You see how dangerous it is. People run the risk of going blind when they live too much in its ray, which leave no room for soft and kindly shade, and she hurried them on so that they might rest their eyes in the gentle light of the pool." Here the children suddenly felt as if they were in their parents' cottage, where everything was so humble and peaceful. The faint light was very pure and clear, but always flickering and ready to go out at the least breath. Next, they came to the beautiful light of the ports, which they liked immensely, for it had all the colors of the rainbow. And when you passed through it, you saw lovely pictures, lovely flowers, and lovely toys, which you were unable to take hold of. Laughing merrily, the children ran after birds and butterflies, but everything faded away as soon as it was touched. Well, I never," said Tiltil as he came panting back to light. "This beats everything. I can't understand it." "You will understand later," she replied, "and if you understand it properly, you will be among the very few human beings who know the bluebird when they see him." After leaving the region of the ports, our friends reached the light of the land, which lies on the borders of the known and the unknown lights. "Let's get on," said Tiltil. "This is boring." To tell the truth, he was a little bit frightened, for they were in a long row of cold and forbidding arches, which were shrieked at every moment by dazzling lightning flashes. And at each flash, you saw out-of-the-way things that had no name as yet. After these arches, they came to the lights unknown to men, and Tiltil, in spite of the sleep that pressed upon his eyelids, could not help admiring the hall with its violet columns and the gallery with its red rays. And the violet of the columns was such a dark violet, and the rays of the rays such a pale ray that it was hardly possible to see either of them. At last, they arrived at the room of smooth, unflecked black light, which men call darkness because their eyes are not yet able to make it out. And here, the children fell asleep without delay on two soft beds of clouds. End of chapter six.